This is Hemant. And Jessica. For the Friendly Atheist Podcast. And we had a few topics that came up over the past couple of weeks that we knew we wanted to discuss. And we decided we would just wait till we got together and then just record the conversation. So I wanted to ask you, Jessica, yeah. to start off. You were at the Women's March in Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. And that was uh, last Sunday as mm-hmm. of this recording. What was that like for Saturday. you? Yeah. What was that like for you? It, it was insane. It was a, a really, really, really awesome experience. Um, I kind of liken it to the first time I went to, for the only time I went to the Reason Rally, that sort of, there's like a... That was in of, 2012. In 2012, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was before I was writing for your blog or in whatever. In the sense that... Uh, just like in the sense of community and camaraderie and everybody was super kind to each other. Uh, so I drove, I have some friends who live on the north side, so I drove up with them. We took the the brown line down and it was packed. It It's... I mean, I've, I lived in Chicago for eight years, and it was the most crowded I've ever seen the trains. And every station was just wall-to-wall people. And just to be clear, the Women's March was in support of what? Or against what? Oh, sure. Um, so I think there was some criticism regarding the Women's March not being focused enough. And I think in the same way that um, uh, Wall Street was the Wall Street. The Occupy, Occupy Wall, Wall Street, Street thing. I, I, they weren't clear enough. But I think what it was was a um, a march in solidarity of the issues that women and people of color and other um, other kind of minority groups are facing, and this understanding that we're about to be this country is about to be run by people who could not care less about these these issues that are so important to women everywhere. And one criticism I heard from like. Uh, conservatives and such is mm-hmm. that it was only about things like reproductive issues. And that's so limited to what yeah. the, the march was about. Yeah, that's a big part of it. But also, like you're saying, LGBT issues. Mm-hmm. It's about immigration, immigration. It's about income inequality. It was about mm-hmm. a lot of issues, like you're saying, that the Trump people just don't seem to think about, care about. It's just not on their minds at all. And I think coming a day after the inauguration, mm-hmm. it was kind of a show that, hey, guess what? We're we still are still here. There's more of us yeah. <laughs> than there are of you. Yeah. And we're going to be loud and vocal about it until you do something. Yeah, um, it, it, there was definitely... It, it was definitely intersectional in a lot of ways. There is a lot of, you know, just looking around at the science, there's a lot of talk about race issues. There's a lot of talk about immigration issues. There's a lot of talk about LGBT rights, all that stuff. Um, and I do think that, I, and I've read, I actually had to put myself on like a Facebook blackout for two days, which is very unlike me. I'm always because. on Facebook. <laughs> because I couldn't deal with the women against the women's march thing. <laughs> that re- With absolute sincerity that, just kind of hurt my heart in a lot of ways. What were the reasons people, and not just women, but why were people that you were seeing mm-hmm. against the march? I think that women who didn't understand what we were marching for this year have a really short-sighted view of history. Um, I think these are women who are happy with their lot in life and therefore everybody else should be. Um, I I think it all stems from a lack of empathy or a lack of understanding, maybe, of they don't understand that women depend on their birth control or people who are not getting paid what they're supposed to are being affected by it. I kind of want to ask all those people who are critical of it before you launch into your tirade about Mm -hmm. why this march was unnecessary or silly. 
I'm not going to listen to you or take you seriously unless you can tell me what they were marching for. Yeah. If you can answer that question, I'll listen to your criticism of it. I think that's a good point. I think what I see a lot of is women want the government to pay for their abortions. I think is ten- <laughs> honestly like that tends to be their their sort of the, That's like how they, they condense the whole thing into, is about pay for is, my sex life or right, something like that. Which is just so exhausting and <laughs> how many times do you have to debunk that one right, over and over right and that's and i'm sure we'll get to it but when we talk about these like alternate facts and this gaslighting yeah. that's happening it's it's hard because you end up having the same argument over and over and you can't move forward and you can't progress into things that actually matter like right. you get it's it's strong there in arguments. Some, it's not helpful i don't know who said it some right-wing person was like uh yeah i call it the million skank march it's like yeah, it's the same thing we've heard over and over for many years. Well, and it, this isn't a new, like, hot take on this, but it's just so infuriating that it's always 100%, as if women get pregnant by themselves. Like, th- <laughs> right. this this sort of, oh, you have the choice to open your legs, sh- sure, sure. A, I'm not sure how policing one's, policing our citizens' sex lives is part and parcel for their view of small government one two it's not like women do it by themselves right and to always 100 percent place the burden on women is so deeply unfair and and infuriating if they actually succeeded in banning abortions or obstructing it as much as possible the people in their churches would be affected as much as anyone else well and also there's the the whole thing that we've all said a million times of if you really wanted to ban abortion, you would take steps to prevent pregnancy. Right. And, or, and the other side of that, so like that's leading up to getting pregnant. And the other side of that is if you care so deeply about these unborn babies, quote unquote, why aren't you advocating for childhood welfare right, programs? Right. And what make are you sure doing these kids to make are, sure kids have good sex education? Uh-huh. What are you doing to give them access to contraception or, or birth like control? Once, so say and I, helping kids once they're out in the world so that they, parents don't think I can't take care of this kid right. or I, you know, I won't be a good mother to mm-hmm. it. It might be the best option to have an abortion. I mean, it's definitely a, an issue of they're attacking the the results and not the root cause. Mm-hmm. Like unwanted pregnancies, the, the thing is unwanted pregnancies are always going to happen. That's just the reality of the world we live in. It was an interesting thing. Uh, the I forgot if it was the Guttmacher Institute or some, or maybe uh, a nonpartisan group or whatever, mm-hmm. who said, look, we're tracking this stuff. The mm-hmm. number of abortions in the past several years have gone down every year. But the arguments from both sides are, well, okay, why is that happening? Right. There's one side that says you gave them with through Obamacare or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have access mm-hmm. that we didn't have before to birth control and stuff like that. That's the reason it's going on. We're getting better at taking care of those root yeah. causes. And you had the uh, anti-abortion side saying, no, it's because we were better at obstructing the Planned Parenthood access, things like that. Um, So they still argue about the causes for this drop in abortion. Yeah. Um, I will say, and I wish I had done research on this, I heard uh, there was a podcast I listened to called Call Your Girlfriend, which is super excellent. I recommend it. They mentioned that I want to say maternal death rates are way up in Texas in places where oh, they surprise. had tra- like trap laws. The 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 rates of women dying in the course of giving birth are A high, higher than they have been, and be higher than in many 
places in the world where we should given our status in the world, maybe like maybe that's a thing we should have knocked out as like make sure women can survive having a human child. Um, yeah, if you look at states that have like high teen teen pregnancy rates, mm-hmm. no, it's uh, all in the Bible Belt. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's it's just an, it, it's so frustrating to. I mean, it's just a matter I wish, of looking I wish, at facts and whether or not you believe <laughs> science, right? Yeah. Like, Except, uh, yeah, I, I wish the other side would just kind of acknowledge that they just want to control your sex life. Oh, God. It's not about abortion because mm-hmm. if it was really about helping women's health care, then you're right. They would go. At, they would spend more time about these root causes. It's kind of like focus on the family. That conservative Christian group. Uh. They always say no. We're not anti-gay. We're we're pro-family. Things like that. Um, so they fight against marriage equality, things like that. If you were pro-family, then you would be way more active yeah. about, you know, stopping divorces, uh, if that's a thing that matters to you. Right. Or, uh, you know, focusing on adoption if you were against abortion or something. Mm-hmm. And only now, like in, in the past generation after Dobson, uh, did they do anything vocal and put an emphasis on adoption? Yeah. But they haven't, you know, changed much other than that. Yeah, and I think also the focus on on anti anti choice, pro birth, whatever you want to call forced the, birth pr- movement. Forced, oof, yes, that's rough. Uh-huh. Um, is they focus on this sort of um, this one small segment of people whom they perceive to be quote unquote abusing abortion? So they have built up right. in their minds the same thing we did with like welfare queens in the. 80s and 90s. They take a couple examples mm-hmm. and of, assume that's of representative a of everybody. 20, a teenager or a 20-something floozy who takes yeah. no precautions regarding um, her birth control and then has an abortion on, which is problematic on so many levels because, A, I'm going to go ahead and say people who said this have never had an abortion because <laughs> guess what? Taking a pill is so much fucking easier than having to go a, to Planned Parenthood or whatever right. and get all <laughs> that shit. Abortion is not, it's not efficient fun or birth easy. control. It's get up like yeah. it, it's it's so absurd that I mean it's the same idea as welfare queens. As I got I just had family members reiterate this recently that the idea of what about these women who are getting pregnant so they get more welfare? It's like it doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, that's not the way to make money. That <laughs> it's a terribly inefficient <laughs> strategy for financial stability. Right. And also even if there are a couple of people doing this, which I so deeply doubt that that's a thing. Yeah. It's like voter fraud. Cares? I'm like, sure there's been an instance or two, but that's about it. Right. And like, like what? It's not a real issue. And why are we so focused on that when we see actual people taking advantage of government in the orders of millions and millions right. and millions of dollars when you're looking at corporations and things like that? Like, there's real shit happening that right. maybe we should worry about, but to me, I would se- I would deal with even if half the people on welfare were like, "I'm gonna keep pumping out babies so I can get," which is it doesn't happen. But even absurd, if it did, it's still absurd. a small. I would number. rather that and then deal with that shit and still have children who can eat. <laughs> like we live in the richest country in the world, and there are people who don't know where their next meal is coming from. There's children who are homeless, and we're like. Super fine with that, but did we hear, need to make sure we end abortion. I did hear the argument that people who, uh, that conservatives want to cut funding to Planned Parenthood because it's like whatever a drain on our economy or something, oh, or mean. cut the NEA funding, which is like nothing. And the argument, uh, this is an old tweet from like Neil deGrasse Tyson or something, making that argument is like trying to delete text files yes. on your 500 gigabyte hard drive. Like it's not going to do anything. Yeah, it's it's such a and it's so it's. Saber idling, it's posturing. Yeah. It is of course ma- it making is. sure 
that people who <laughs> don't know. Okay. Let so, me ask you a different question about okay. the Women's March that I had, because oh, yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted your take on this, which is one of the controversies that came up at the Women's March is that they were explicitly pro-choice. And they mm-hmm. said, no, this is uh, part of the march. We are standing for reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. And I think they said uh, like a uh, anti-abortion group wanted to be a sponsor of the Women's March. And they basically said, no, we're yeah. not interested in working with you on this. And so today, as we're recording this, they're having the, the pro-life march or whatever oh, in right. D.C. And, but here's the question. If it's a women's march, uh-huh. there are obviously a lot of women, a, a number of women who are against abortion. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I mean, was it the right move to say we are no uh, reproductive rights and mm-hmm. access to abortion? That is a big thing we stand for. Mm-hmm. And screw all of you who disagree with us. We don't need you. We don't want you as part of this movement. Mm-hmm. Or should there have been some way to include them? And I don't know, not take a stance on that. I mean, I have- I don't know what the answer to that is because philosophically, I'm with the organizers from last week. Like, mm-hmm. no, reproductive rights is a big issue. Right. And if you exclude the women or men who are pro-life, mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, that's a big issue of what we're fighting for. Yeah, so to me, so. the issue of gen- r- r- women's rights at all is so tightly um, connected to women's rights to to decide what happened, to, to have ownership over their own body, that to me, I... And I've heard a lot of people have done the I'm pro-life, or like I'm pro-life for my, I would never have an abortion, but if somebody else, which is fine. Which is I what Tim Kaine said when he was running with Hillary I'm Clinton. I'm just not like, sure that rhetoric is helpful at this point because, because I think it does just reinforce the idea that like. There's uh, something wrong with abortion. Exactly. That there's something morally, at least questionable about abortion. Yeah. And I'm. I'm personally Better vegetarian, but I don't care if you eat meat, right. but I'm secretly judging you. That right. sort of I mean, attitude. It's, yeah, it's, it is kind of the same <laughs> idea. Um, and it, and I think that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And I, Because I think when you say I am anti-abortion in a way that I want to legislate against yeah. it, like I think most people are anti-abortion in so much that we want to reduce, reduce the, the number, number of them because it's by no means the most efficient way of yeah. making sure women's lives aren't interrupted. I once said that on the blog, like, we want to reduce abortion, and then I got, like, shit for it. Because apparently <laughs> well, that's not f- a thing we want well, to do. you have to phrase it carefully. Yes. Because it's about, if we can reduce the overall number of abortions, that's... Pr- the same thing is, like, if we can reduce the number of C-sections, that's probably better for everybody, because... Because f- you're doing surgery. Because <laughs> like, you're doing <laughs> surgery. Not that abortion is surgery. We understand right. that. Always. It All can right. be. I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. um, But I think it's saying it's 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 uh, giving abortion a moral character. It's saying abortion is necessarily bad, so we should reduce it. Mm-hmm. Whereas to me, it's just like not the most efficient or effective. Or m- it's just something that happens. It's not a morally right. good or bad thing. Right. It's just that's it. It's but just- then so again strategically, if you're the organizers of this event, yeah. how do you handle? Those people who say we want to be part of this movement because we are women, we care about women's issues, and we happen to be pro-life. I would say fuck them. Uh-huh. I now, don't give a shit. <laughs> if you is... are pro-life to the point that you think it is appropriate to legislate mm-hmm. against women's health care, whether that be birth control or abortion or anything... it fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. I don't, I don't have Interestingly time for enough, that. I don't have, have time for that. I've had the same conversation with organizers of atheist conferences because there are like 
Republican atheist groups. There are pro-life atheist yep. groups. And like, what do you do with those groups if they say we want to we want to have a table at your conference? Well, we want to spread our message there. Well, I think the following the same rules, by the way. Sure. But like, do you say no to those groups? Because no, I think the GOP, like being an atheist, GOP, so being an atheist, oh, first and only means you don't believe in God. And I think we'll always have to sort of have that refrain for the rest of our life. Like being an atheist isn't a liberal or conservative point of view. It isn't anything besides I don't believe that there is a God out there or gods, right? So that point of view can be held by somebody who is And there are, there are atheists yeah, who and hold those conservative and or views we typically associate with evangelical Christians. Right, and I've said many, many times that I would relish the opportunity to have an actual interesting, helpful conversation regarding, okay, poverty is an issue. I think that social programs are the way sure. to, to help that. If you're a, f- a fiscal conservative and you think that there are better ways to do that, yes, cool. let's, let's have, have that discussion. conversation. We're not. We're talking about whether it's moral for me to be a married woman and have contraception. Right. Like that is the conversation we're still having. What if there was a group that was against gay marriage, an atheist group that was against marriage equality or LGBT rights? I think that's a more clear cut issue. Oh, sure. Where what do you say? Because this is all part of the same argument, which is they feel they are part of this larger movement, mm-hmm. atheism, feminism, whatever. Right. And yet. Most of the people in those tents would say, no, you're not part of this movement. Well, so, what do you do with them? Well, so let's give Reason Rally as yeah. an example. So the point of Reason Rally was, wasn't necessary. I mean, it's tricky because... It is tricky. It, and it's never Should there have been... Would you, would, if you were organizing it, and neither of us are involved in the organizing of this thing, if there was, let's say, um, uh, who's... There was someone who just died, uh, um... God, Nat Hentoff, I think. He was a pro-life atheist columnist, recently died. Um, it wa- uh, Being an atheist wasn't like the primary thing on his resume, but <laughs> he was. Um, uh, God, I hope I have his name right. But he, he died. If someone of his stature or someone who was well-known said, I want to speak at the Reason Rally and it was a draw or something, but this is the position they're known for. It's something that goes against what most people in that movement feel. Do you include them and say, yes, we want all kinds? Or do you, how narrow do you make, you know, feminism, atheism, any of these movements? Because at some point, you're going to basically exclude everybody the further down you go. Well, I think, I I don't think it's necessarily fair to put feminism and atheism on the same thing. Because I'm more comfortable excluding people from like feminism than I am from. On what basis? Because feminism necessitates allowing women to make choices for themselves. And if as soon as you start legislating against that and re- restricting that right, you are taking rights away from women. And that's the antithesis of what we're all trying to do here. Atheism is so much trickier because it has become this sort of liberal, mostly left-leaning, yeah. mostly pro-gay rights, mostly pro-choice movement. But it, at its core, it... You can't claim that. You can't say because that becomes you, a very no truth. You're not a true atheist, right? You can't do the no truth <laughs> if you're I, pro. Uh, if you're pro life or right. something, right? And I understand how this could be read as hypocritical on my part, but I do believe that there are things that exclude people from being like if you hold a certain view, you're not a feminist. But <laughs> all you have to do to be an atheist is not believe, not believe in God. In God. Um, if you tell me you believe in ghosts and you're an atheist, an atheist. I'm going to want to talk to you more about what you believe. But like 
that's your Yeah, there prerogative. are atheists, by the way, and the studies have borne this out. There are atheists who believe in ghosts, who believe in miracles, who sure. believe in the supernatural, and but they call themselves atheists and yeah. they say, I don't believe in God. Yeah. What do you do with that group? I, I don't know the answer. I definitely, this is one of the reasons I, I just hate organizing or yeah. being a part of the organizing for these things because those are tough calls to make because well, on what basis can you say, uh, your argument makes sense for that, for like a feminist movement, it's all about giving women control mm-hmm. over their lives, giving them all these opportunities right. and any group that fights against that in some way, you could say, we don't want you part of this particular right. it thing. It is much trickier. Yeah, it's more trickier because on what basis are you saying no? Well, and I guess actually... Sort of way to turn that on its head is I would be more than happy to have, and I'm sh- I think we did have this at, at at least the 2012 rally, um, the Raisin Rally, people who were religious but were pro separation church and state. Right. So to me, that is a more reasonable stance to have. Like whatever you believe is what you believe. The same way, which like, means that you're not even excluding them on the basis of the God thing. No. You're saying come on in because you support so us on these other issues. So I guess that does sort of spin it into just sort of. A <laughs> would you liberal, rather? Yeah. Oh. Would you rather have the religious people who support church-state separation or the atheists who hold these political See, social think, views? Who would that go against the majority? I think I have more in common with the former than the latter. Yeah. Like. Because, I mean, again, how many times am I going to say this today? But, like, just believing in God doesn't mean shit. Like, right. I'm not impressed. Or, or not <laughs> believing in God. Like, yeah. doesn't mean you're smarter than anybody else or more logical. It means that you... what? It, so, fine. You're an atheist. Great. Good. Wonderful. I agree with you. But, like, that doesn't mean we're going to agree on literally anything else. You know? Like, yeah. there's no... No, I don't know. It's just so. Where where do you go from here? So you went to the march. Yeah. Um. I've I've I wasn't available that day, but I've seen plenty about it, read about it. Like, where do you go from here? Where do we go from here? How do you translate that into something tangible mm-hmm. that could actually lead to change? I mean, that's been a lot of the uh, the sort of thing pieces that have come out in the last week, right? Of of okay, we all got out of our house and we marched, and and what now? Um, I think that people need to stay angry mm-hmm. and I think that they need to make sure that anger translates into, into something tangible. Um, I read, rec- which is what, which is running oh, for office, which so, is yeah, voting on election it, day or midterms or all of those things. So I think running for office is, a, I think the, the 2016 election cycle has inspired a lot of people to run for their local office, which is admirable and wonderful. And, and that's great. Uh, I think that's a good start. I think making people we're we're putting government under a microscope now, I think, or at least left wing individuals tend yeah. to be a little more focused on what's going on now. So I'm hoping that helps our voter turnout. Yeah, between um, like Bernie Sanders yeah. getting people active and involved yeah. and these issues that are bound to come up over the next right. few years, the Supreme Court battle. Right. Like if we can't get our shit together and vote in a particular way yeah. and not just in liberal areas, cause it doesn't matter. We already got California, you right. know, like we need you in other places yeah. to come out and vote. Um, um, then yeah, maybe I, something tangible can happen. Yeah. And I think it's just keeping active, you know, canvassing for candidates you believe in or just volunteering or again, donating to, yeah. Your plan. I know on the 11th, I'm not going to be able to make it, but in 
Naperville, I want to say, there's going to be, they're doing some like anti-Planned Parenthood march. And mm-hmm. I, some friends of mine are kind of organizing a thing. Counter-resistance Yeah, counter-resistance type deal. But I, I do, of course, I'm worried about a burnout. I'm worried about it kind of fizzles. I mean, it's far away. The, the midterms, yeah. the election, next election, whatever. And it's whatever. hard to maintain anger yeah. for that long. Although our... And it's hard. It's hard to be angry all the damn time. It's, I... It takes t- a lot. This, I had this fatigue and it's one <laughs> I, of the other reasons... I read some tweet yesterday or something that said, remember when like Pokemon Go came out for the first month, everyone was outside Mm -hmm. and so happy. (laughs) Like, I wish we were back to that. Well, and I don't think we can be unreasonable. I don't think we can expect monthly marches on the order of what we saw. Everyone wants to see this now. There's a scientist's march being planned. There is a tax day march being planned. Scientist march? All of them. Let's go to the scientist march. We're scientists. Yeah. Sure. Kind of. But like, how many of these marches, this is what... We're going to talk about this off mic because now I really want to go. (laughs) I mean, how many of these marches can they have that are actually effective? Because at some point, like you said, it's burnout. I mean, it takes a lot to go to D.C. Mm -hmm. for like the the women's march. But if it's a one-time thing, it's like, yeah, people got there. Yeah. They found a reason to go there. That's awesome. Right. They're not going to do that every time. No. So... Um, how do you sustain this movement so that it actually does something? How do you organize all these liberals to do something productive? Well, I think the reality is that many people are going to fall away from it. That's just how it's going to be. There's no way to maintain this kind of mom- this kind of momentum sustainably. It's it's unsustainable. But I think if I think enough people have kind of had their eyes open who are willing to start exploring options locally. Um, in terms of like what they can do to help. And I know I'm just kind of spouting empty rhetoric, which isn't super helpful because I don't have examples in front of me. But I think as long as enough people stay, if not angry, aware of what's going on, I think we'll be in good shape. I'm hoping we see a rush of young women running for office. I think that would be an incredible thing to come out of this. And it doesn't have to be for like... Senator no, or God, house, no. God, like go local, yeah. become mayor, become city council people, become yeah. like whatever trash I mean, collector. Oh, I don't care. Just run for elected office. Run for your PTA school board. Yeah. I mean, not PTA. Run for your school board. Do yeah. something where you have a voice mm-hmm. because it's so frustrating. I've I've written so many blog posts where it's like, here's what one school board member did. That's yeah. batshit crazy. Yeah. I mean, in the case I just wrote, she was outnumbered, but like, why is she on the school board? It's because she ran. She ran. And like, we didn't. Yeah. So more power to her, I guess. But Mm -hmm. like, that's the problem that we just don't do stuff that the conservative side is really good at doing. They're very good at mobilizing people. Well, and there's also, you know, to kind of sort of pivot back to atheism. Yeah. I think we're still at the point where anytime a, a non-believer runs for like any office, we're like, let's get him on the show. Like, I can't wait to t-. like, there's it feels that like, few, there's <laughs> that few. And so, and I think because there are so few, it's just like the self-selecting and like vicious circle deal where it's, there's so few and you don't want that spotlight on. on. Sure. But if a bunch of us run, then it's going to stop being a thing. Just the same way where like it used to be a huge thing of like a woman who's running for any office and now it's at the point where it's one thing constructive that I did see following the women's march is that there are these things run by I, I think I've only seen it with Democrats, but they're having 
um, meetings where they're saying, if you want to run for office, we will train you mm-hmm. so you know how to do it. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I, I will run for office. But what do you do? Oh, what God, paperwork do you fill out? Exactly. So they're like, no, we'll walk you through exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Here's how much money it would take. Here's right. the names, petitions you would need. Here's the paperwork. Here's the deadlines. Here's yeah. how you do it. We'll get you started mm-hmm. um, because obviously running a successful campaign is a, you need more help, Yes, but getting started and getting your name out there, that's mm-hmm. kind of the first thing that I, if you, yeah, I think if more people knew how to do that, they might actually yeah. know. So that's one productive step. Uh, was there, I do want to talk more about the religion politics thing, but is there anything else about the women's March you had, you wanted to bring oh, yeah. up? I had some numbers just to sort yeah. of um, just kind of give that, especially in regard to, um, uh, the president's obsession with crowd size. Yes. Um, so according to, uh, so this is a spreadsheet that was created by the, the people who organized it. And it's literally just, this is only part of it that I printed out. Yeah. Of course I have spreadsheets. I love them. So, um, <laughs> and that's a spreadsheet of how many people of were how at many, of estimates of how many people were at various, various marches. So total estimates for participation, was between 3.3 million and 4.6 million. All over the country when you all add them all the, up. Yeah, that's all over the country, which uh, even if even at its lowest, that's about one in 100 people. That's about wow. 1% of the population who participated, which is bonkers. Yeah, that's that is a so lot of people. many people. Um, so that's that. Um, some of the biggest cities, uh, obviously Washington, D.C., between 500,000 and 1 million. These are both, these are just like low and high estimates. So the truth is somewhere in there. Um, LA was huge up to 75,000. New York up to 500,000. Chicago was 250,000. I really like that they had like Alaska, uh, people in Alaska marching in like sub-zero Didn't that warm your heart? Or Antarctica? Yeah, Antarctica. They took a picture. Hilarious. That's awesome. Good Good for them. Um, But just in regard to Chicago, I know just because I've been following it yeah. day of estimates were 50,000 and the week of, I was talking to, to, um, the people I went to the March with my friends, Jen and Phil, um, we like every other day we'd be texting each other like, okay, the route changed. Okay. This changed <laughs> because they kept changing it because the numbers they kept had to growing. accommodate all those people. And ultimately this happened in Chicago and in DC. I'm sure it happened elsewhere. Those are the only ones I know for sure that they canceled the actual March portion because there was literally nowhere for us to go. Like <laughs> you lit- can't move. We, just, we it's a rally go now. Anywhere. It yeah. was like, that's I awesome. We all looked at a tweet that's like, we're just going to rally in place. And I was like, standing <laughs> just stand in, marching place. I was, You're I was good. Uh, on Congress Parkway. Just like, <laughs> Okay, like, woo. <laughs> but it was, oh my God, it was so cool. There was kids all over the place. That's awesome. This little girl had a sign that said, Women's Places in the Resistance. And I cried. <laughs> oh, it was so dark. It was, That's and great. it was a very warm environment. It was, first of all, physically warm. It was fucking 60 degrees in Chicago That's, in January. It was I a was, good day that day. I was yeah. wearing a tank top and a flannel, <laughs> and that was it. It was the best. Like, I couldn't get over how gorgeous it was. Yeah. But, Everybody was just so kind. It was just yeah. like you, you're packed in shoulder to shoulder. Everyone's like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. Oh, oh you're with like, friends. Yeah, I was like giving out snacks. I literally, yeah. I had brought snacks. And at one point I was like, does anybody want crackers? And this one was like, I would love crackers. So I just gave her, like, I we were the just last last time buddies. I, I, like I said, I wasn't there on Saturday. The last time I saw something like that was when Obama won in 08, oh, when yeah. people in Grant Park and everything were just stunned and like so kind to each other it was amazing mm. not because you don't see that in chicago but that you don't see that many people for in groups for that a nice. cause yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome 
So yeah, those are the biggest ones. San Fran got up to 220,000. Denver showed up 200,000. Boston, Seattle. Yeah, it was it was in crazy numbers crazy everywhere. Crazy numbers internationally. Uh, London got around 100,000, Toronto about 60,000, Vancouver 15,000, Paris 12. Now if all these people could just it, I mean if all these people who were willing to attend a march and right. actually put investment of their time or money mm-hmm. into this thing yeah. would be just as vocal when it comes to voting or yeah. something instead of staying home or assuming it's in the bag right. or whatever. Right. Oh, and one last, one of the biggest pushback when I was talking about like the women who are against the women's march, one of the biggest things I saw, which just made fire come out of my... Yes. No, Your whatever. My whatever. Is that an expression? Sure it is. I yeah. think smoke coming out of my ears is what I was leaning <laughs> toward and I got sidetracked. Um, but anyway, it was this woman I knew years ago when I lived in Montana had, God, it had to be a thousand word rant that she copied and pasted from something else. And it was just all about like, if you really cared about women, you would care about women in Saudi Arabia who can't drive and blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's, (laughs) it is, A, it's moving the goalpost. B, it's so deeply unhelpful. It's so unhelpful. It's literally like saying like, I have the flu and you're like, I had cancer. Like how fucking dare you be (laughs) upset? It's, it's not helpful. And like, if it's not like you don't care about them. Right. (laughs) And if I believed a single one of these women who posted this gave a shit about women starving in Africa, right. I would not say anything, but they it's, don't It's a George care. Carlin joke. Like, if you don't see any of these women being, like, surrogate mothers or adopting all these kids who would otherwise be aborted, you don't right. see them rushing in line to, to do that. Right. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's super, yeah. super Just because something I mean, worse thing- is happening out there doesn't mean you can't. Right. Shed light on the problem in your own backyard. I mean, it's the same thing when women talk about like, oh, this many women are abused and men walk in like, well, there's X amount of men who are abused. And it's like, yes, that (laughs) is a thing that we should be talking about. But you're not all you're doing is detracting from women. You're not starting your own Facebook group about like, let's talk about men who are sexually abused. Cause guess what? We do need to talk about them. But if you're just wading into my Facebook argument (laughs) where I'm like, oh, I was sexually harassed. And the guy's like, one time... A guy I knew had his butt squeezed. Like, okay, that's not what we're talking about right now. Right. Let's talk about that in another time in your own space. It's just fucking infuriating. That can get annoying. Let okay. me ask you, let me okay. change topics for a second. Um, since we met, mentioned it already, there was an article that came out this week that basically said if there's one thing Trump's election taught us uh-huh. when it comes to the religious right, uh-huh. it's that they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about religion. No. Because. There was a religious candidate on the ballot, like a devoutly religious candidate on the ballot, and it was Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And the question is, if you're like an evangelical Christian, do you vote for the, you know, I've been married once and I stayed in a marriage even when things got hard? Do you stick with the person who like taught Sunday school, whose running mate was a former missionary? Mm -hmm. Do you stick with the person who is personally religious? Mm -hmm. Or do you go with the guy who's been three times married, talks the way Trump does, brags about pussy grabbing? who panders to the religious yeah. right. But like, come on, even a five-year-old knows he's faking it. He can't mention a Bible verse. He says he's read the Bible. He couldn't tell you anything about it. No. I mean, it's it's easy to see through that. And they didn't care. Yeah. I mean, abortion mattered way more to them than his religion did, yeah. uh, no matter what lip service. So the question is, uh, if they don't care, uh-huh. I mean, that facade is gone. Right. So let's remember that in the future, because the argument that I was reading, the argument they were making is that 
Democrats should not try. There's always an argument when they lose an election that they should have catered more to the religious right. They should have done more to reach out to Christians. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, it wouldn't have worked because there's nothing. She could have been like the most pious person in the world and it wouldn't have mattered because she was a Democrat and she was pro-choice or whatever. Yeah. Um, so Democrats stop pandering to religious people. It doesn't matter. They don't care about you. They're not going to vote for you no matter what you say or do. And the religious right doesn't actually care about religion. No, they care about other issues. Religion is the least of the, that's just the, 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 uh, you know, the facade they're using to, to rally around, but it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's become abundantly clear that people who sort of walk around under the guise of their religious piety mm. are more interested in policing what policing morality right. because they have the side a, that cares about religious freedom only right. cares about their own religious freedom. Oh free- my God. A hundred percent. Because yeah. Mike it, Pence is known for being a guy who said the- my religion matters in Indiana, but if my religion discriminates against your rights, my religion still wins. Yeah. What does he like, say? I'm a, Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that in order. In that order, right. Fuck Mike Pence. <laughs> By the way, as somebody who lived in Indiana for a minute, <laughs> fuck that guy. Fuck And the guy. sad thing is, you can't even do anything to Trump, because then he'll be in charge. Like, not do anything. Like, you can't impeach the guy. <sighs> I you can't. If this. you impeach him, it'll just get worse. Because then you'll have someone who has the same conservative views, but actually knows what he's doing. I mean, at this... Uh, okay. I... Uh, I'm so, just, okay. let me uh, pivot on that for a second, which is like... I have so many notes. Hillary Clinton didn't really wear her religion on her sleeve, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you either liked her or hated her for plenty of other reasons. Bernie Sanders, you know, he was, to me, clearly not religious in any meaningful sense of the word. No. He said he believed in God. He also said, like, I'm not part of any organized religion. Right. And there was a big kerfuffle when the DNC email hack showed, like one random staffer at, at higher up basically said, should we make a big issue about this at one of the upcoming things? Cause we like Hillary, not so much right. Bernie. It, nothing happened as a result of that email, by the way, they just kind of ignored it. Uh, so it didn't have any effect on anything, uh-huh. but the fact that Bernie Sanders got as far as he did being, you know, as non-religious as he was, I think that's an awesome development so in our too. own de- uh, politics. I wonder, though, if it would have changed, just given the people with whom he was running, nobody was trying to out religion anybody else. They didn't use it against they him. They didn't use it against... I mean, they never... I mean, I, don't, I can't recall anybody saying, I am this because of my religion and that's why like right. I'm the better candidate because it would be really interesting to see if Bernie Sanders had won the nomination mm-hmm. what would the religious right have tried to I mean there's plenty of stuff they could have used against Bernie Sanders that right. never really came up because he wasn't the candidate right. but it's not like the he was a perfect was candidate but would the religious right have been like well he's not really religious so you shouldn't vote it's like have you seen your candidates no I think they would have done that I, I think they would and I also think that it would have been harder if he was running so say he was running with the GOP field. Who? That, uh, San- Sanders. I think that would have been harder for him because I think they would have targeted that more. Hmm. Although they didn't with Trump. I don't... Like you can't use... It, like it was the same thing with Hillary Clinton with age. 
Like, you can't say she's too old for getting into office because she would have been one of the oldest presidents sworn into office because Trump is, like, older than she... I think he was older. Whatever. He's the she's same age, roughly. or something. But it's like, yeah, you can't use the age argument because of that. Right. You can't use, like, an inexperienced argument when you don't have any experience, and she was super experienced. Yeah. Um, but with Bernie Sanders, you couldn't have even said he's not religious enough right. because all you got to do is hold up a mirror to Donald Trump, and it's like, this is your religious candidate? Yeah. Please. No, and I think you're right. I think it's... It's, it's abundantly clear that it's not about religion. It's about their it's about all this other stuff. perceived morals and yeah. making sure that's... And I would say, to add on to that, look, it's not like he said, I'm uh, a Muslim. It's not like he said, I'm an atheist. or any, I think if you said, I am not of the Christian faith, uh-huh. now you're, you might get that used against you. Sure. But if you're like, you know, I, I believe in God... That's about it. Yeah. It's a personal thing. I don't talk about it. Uh, I believe in some nebulous nun-ish. Like, I wonder eh, there's what would something have happened if he was president. Would he have sworn in on a Bible? He probably... Uh, I'm totally speculating here. He might have. But we have seen House... I mean, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona... Constitution, right? Who is the only unaffiliated member of Congress. She swore in on the Constitution. I actually don't know if she did... Uh, well, she wouldn't have been sworn in this time around. Yeah. But when she was sworn in a few years ago, yeah, she did it on the Constitution instead of the Bible, which yeah. was a wonderful gesture. Like, I everyone so should do that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about when we were talking about having this episode... Yeah. What other issue did you want to bring up? Okay, well, I have five pages of notes. Excellent. Um, So basically what I did, and I have to once again thank um, my friend Kate, who is bored at work, so she helped (laughs) me do some research. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Um, So basically I just kind of did a breakdown, bullet-pointed, obviously, um, of the first week of what we saw in Trump's first week. Oh, God. So this whole give it a chance thing. (laughs) Yes. I just want to go ahead and address some of it. <laughs> Please. So, so starting with the speech, which was his I, inaugural speech. Yeah. So yeah. on, and not what did I do? Oh, on inauguration day, I actually went to like a forest preserve nearby here just to go for a run because I was like, so you could scream and no one would hear you or yeah, something. I did. <laughs> I was going through the. This is off topic, but I was listening to a podcast about Jack the Ripper because that's what I do. Um, and I was alone, like there's nobody else. It was like 45 degrees out. It was really nice. And I look and I'm, you know, running along, walking along. Who are you kidding? And I look to my right and there's like a plastic fake severed arm in the tree and scared the shit out of me. (laughs) As you're listening to Jack the Ripper. As I'm listening to Jack the Ripper. Anyway, that's what I did. I bring that all up to say that I didn't watch a moment of TV that day. I I just was, I couldn't, I just couldn't. (laughs) I did restart Parks and Recreation. That was my coping mechanism. I watched it and it was... It's it just juxtapose that speech with any other inauguration. Oh my god! Like, ask well, not was, what your country can do for you. Like, American carnage in our streets. Yeah, I got. I mean, I knew what was going on because I got a live update from my dad and my brother, who were just like <laughs> texting me, like, "What the fuck is going on?" They're so mad. So yeah, American carnage stops here, stops now. Um, so New York Times did a really cool annotated version of his speech. So I read it. I still haven't listened to him because his voice. You know just, what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he said American Counter stops right here and now. So they kind of took pull quotes like that and said, eh, here are the facts. So violent crime was up 4% last year, but it's been trending down for decades. So this sort of this fear we're living in this, the hellhole yeah, everywhere. This perception, Chicago's dying. Jesus Christ. We're getting Can the feds. Trump stop talking about Chicago for a minute? <laughs> Get, no, okay. he has to talk about every city that didn't vote for him. Do you think he, oh my God. Okay. 
ready for conspiracy theory? Listening. Do you think that he hates Chicago because he had to cancel that one rally? Uh, and now probably, he's trying to like punish us. No, I think if if Chicago had voted for him more than it did, um, so yeah, like it was overwhelmingly Democratic as it always is. Yeah. Uh, so he's just he'll bash Chicago all day long. It didn't matter about the rally. The rally just fueled his. I already hate the city. Um, okay, he d- he mentioned the sad depletion of our military. Uh, to which Eric Schmidt, um, a national security reporter for the New York Times, said, the Pentagon spends about $600 billion a year on the American military, which is more than is spent in the next six largest world militaries combined. So this, again, it's this gaslighting effect, right? We're not depleting our military. He's lying to you and trying to convince you otherwise. Exactly. Um, A new national pride will stir ourselves, lift our sights, and heal our divisions, which, A, I hate that sentence on its construction. (laughs) Um, but there's there's something about this sort of nationalist dialogue that we're seeing. So, like, you know, there's patriotism and there's nationalism. And mm-hmm. nationalism freaks me the fuck out <laughs> because I don't... We, we've said this before, maybe on a podcast or something, but, like, we, we sometimes talk about the Pledge of Allegiance and yeah. a lot of atheists don't want to say it. But, like, if any other country, if Saudi Arabia said we're going to make our kids say a Pledge of Allegiance to yep. our nation every morning, we'd be like, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. No, it's... it's and when any no, other country, especially not an ally, is like, we're going to put our country first right. and everyone else suffers or yeah. whatever. Like, Well, and that's kind of what I heard from... Um, some distant family member of mine who I obviously got in an argument because she was a Trump supporter because <laughs> I'm calm under all, all circumstances. Um, she was talking about how like we need to like we need a businessman because we need America to succeed. And I think I find that worrying because in this century more than any other time, borders between countries are less important yeah. like the u- unification is, of the world is more important because of the internet and increased travel and all that so stuff. it's so weird that the same people who make this argument we need a business expert in the white house because we need to do better on trade or whatever well okay what what about science experts to do right. climate ch- no 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 they don't matter right <laughs> what about um, diploma uh, diplomacy experts yeah. or people running these departments house whatever ben carson running health and human service i'm sorry uh, housing and urban, urban development, development. Which is kind of the most racist thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's that urban. He had to pick Ben Carson. Oh, um, but Christ. like Betsy DeVos doing education, even though she doesn't know anything about I've, public I've schools. Notes on her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like all these, like he's picking non experts, just political hacks he knows and likes to run these things that require expertise. I mean, the funniest thing that I read, like with Rick Perry doing Secretary Jeez. of Energy. And neither of them knew what the department did. Oh, of did. course not. No, but we went from, uh, with Obama, we went from a Nobel Prize winner uh-huh. to a PhD in like nuclear physics uh-huh. to the guy who majored in like animal husbandry and got a bachelor's in that and was a cheerleader. Like in, like that's what he's known for. Right. He's not known for energy. Right. And he doesn't well, know the department. And I think this would be a good time to So why to do you kind need of... a businessman in the White House who's not even good at it? No. Well, I think there's... Also, it's a good time to look up to what's going on in Canada when they look at when you look at his cabinet and it's like the secretary of education or whatever the equivalent is yes. up there was like a former teacher and did right. this. And like the, just they he all was know a, stuff. They know stuff about it. And like I get the idea that he wants to. Do, I mean, he all he wants to do is gut these programs. Right. So he's putting people in place to do that. Like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Fucker. And Republicans um, are just going along with it, which is, I think, the frustrating thing because, like, he's 
Donald Trump. Like, no one's expecting him to know stuff. Right. But you would think a lot of these Republicans who say they're principled or whatever would actually stand up against some of... No, of course not. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do that. They're going to go along with everything because they're just... They're not principled on these issues. Absolutely not. Um, He also said, uh, together we'll make America strong again. We'll make America wealthy again, which... Um, America's, according to uh, uh, Benjamin Applebaum, uh, economic, Columnist. Yeah, economic policy reporter for the New York Times, uh-huh. uh, America's yeah, never been wealthier. The, right. the issue, as Mr. Trump noted earlier in his speech, is that the middle class is not benefiting from the prosperity, which is accumulating disproportionately in the hands of a wealthy minority, right. which nothing we're seeing is changing that, right? right. Okay, so that was his speech. How, here's a question. Yeah. How long will it take for the, the people that Trump conned the poor people who said, yeah, get rid of Obamacare. And if it does, they're the ones who are going to feel it. Oh, he's, it's or, already happening. You know, when the tax breaks come for the rich and they're not going to see any of it. Mm-hmm. How long, if ever, when will they figure this out? I think that it's they already happening. I think there's already a backlash um, when you see interviews with people. There was a really interesting... God, who did this? Somebody went down to like rural Kentucky mm-hmm. um, to talk to people who depend on the ACA. Many of them have had healthcare for the first time in their lives um, and still voted for Trump. And the overwhelming answer that is like of why the fuck would you do this thing? You're mm-hmm. depending on this um, is they believed Trump when they said he would make it less expensive, mm-hmm. even though he, he, I think this was the problem is people were very swept up in, Oh, he's going to make it better. Right. And I mean, they felt many for of it. us. Were, yes. Many of us were concerned that he wasn't necessarily giving us, structured plans mm-hmm. but this sort of sweeping i'll let you know when i do it i'll keep you in suspense sort of showmanship Which he's still saying by the way even though he's in office yeah and he, he is a very showmanship like he's a fucking tv host like right. he's a showman first and foremost and they, but he doesn't know anything and he doesn't it. surround himself with people who know no. stuff and they felt so will they figure this out because How long does, I mean, I feel like they've been conned many times before. We say it about religion all the time and no amount of, if you're believing something based on bullshit, like no amount of reason is going to, as the saying goes, I can't reason you out of something you were never reasoned into in the first place. Well, I think partially, I think it already, I think there's been a lot of people saying, oh, we didn't think he would actually take out the ACA, which was his fucking platform. So I don't know why I thought that there was also, um, on on, something happened with mortgages. He took away their ability to like get homes. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Um, he suspended mortgage premiums. So Mm -hmm. basically what that means is it, um, if you get an FHA, FHA loans are used for, are used by people who maybe don't have ideal credit, maybe can't come up with the 20%, um, down payment. Um, and there is a percentage of kind of insurance that's on that. Um, Obama wanted to, he put in order to drop that to make mortgages more for, affordable to, God, I hope for I'm getting this right. Oh, people are going to yell at me when I get it wrong. It. Um, and Trump Rescinded nixed that. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a couple tweets of like, wait, how, this is the opposite of what you said. This is making my life as a middle class person harder. What the fuck are you doing? So I think we're seeing some backlash. And mostly, I think, because he's coming out swinging. 
right? Like it's not, I think if he had been quiet for the first couple months and then like quietly sort of rolled things back. Maybe no one would have noticed. They wouldn't have noticed, (laughs) but he's just coming out fucking swinging and Mm -hmm. tackling these things right away. These executive orders that he's just like rocking out. Um, And as people are saying, focus less on the stupid things he says because he's going to always do that. Right. And and focus on the crazy shit he's actually doing because that matters. Well, he's doing... And God for the life, I think the one thing that I want to know more than anything else is whether he's like a secret genius or just an idiot who's like stumbling his way to the top. And I honestly at this point don't know because, because in this last week, he rolled out, I have five pages of notes of shit he did and how it's hurt people. And when you dump all that, like... No one can focus on any one thing. You're zagging on us. You are zagging on us. Like you do this and everybody's mad for a second and they're like, wait... Look, look, See, Betsy I, DeVos. Like, I, will, I will still go with, no, he's an idiot who doesn't know what he's doing, yeah. but the people who basically pull his puppet strings yeah. totally know what they're doing. Yeah, I think A couple of them. Yeah, I think the truth And they're just like, here, you need to there. sign this. He doesn't know what he's signing. No, he's not. He, they just hand it to him. It was funny, right before we began recording, there was a press conference with the British Prime Minister. Um, and basically, her response is, I mean, she's she's almost on par with him. And yeah, she's pretty conservative. Stuff. But like, you could hear the questions, and you could hear his answers, and you even the the it seemed like the look on her face is oh god he's gonna answer some of these questions like let me take this one for him it's kind of like obama did with like trudeau when he just got sworn into as canada like Mm -hmm. let me take this one before you say something stupid that you're gonna regret because i've been there yeah let me help you out my first radio um his obsession over the crowd size was troubling um so what i learned today doing this research uh, is that which I gave myself two and a half hours to do this research, and okay. I should have given myself a full day. Yeah. I had more, um, so I definitely missed things that we can always revisit. Yeah. So uh, apparently, the National Park Service hasn't released crowd sizes uh, since 1995. No, um, the Million Man March they got blowback because they estimated between 400 and 500 thousand people were there. <laughs> they got a lot of blowback for that. That said, and so I really had a hard time finding any kind of firm estimate of how many people actually showed up uh, for Trump's Yeah, thing. usually when they do the crowd estimate sizes for any of those big rallies, yeah. they're basing... I mean, it's not the park services, because right. how are you going to count? You you can't... They look at pictures from overhead. They can yeah. estimate based on certain well, sorts of things. Well, I guess they estimate one person every 10 square feet. Or something like that, yeah. Is what I read today, and so that's kind of how they extrapolate, which is... But again, these are all estimates just kind of based on this is what we know based on comparing it to other events. This is what we know based on the pictures we're looking at. But it's not the National Park Services. So all these estimates are just, yeah, they're in the ballpark. My husband and I have been making extrapolation jokes for like two weeks of like, okay, how many people are in this room? One, two, extrapolate, like two million? Okay, cool. (laughs) Like, perfect. It's just the funniest. Ugh, it's not that funny. It's miserable. Okay, so... um, You laugh because otherwise you will cry. uh Uh-huh. So Trump... Threw out an estimate that from where he stood, <laughs> it looked like one, one and a half million people, which is the most fucking banana statement <laughs> I have ever heard in my entire, like, to eat, I, 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 like, how do you even begin to it estimate? It's funny, you, there's a picture in the White House now, because he showed this on ABC News. Oh, He's the like, the of date? the inauguration, <laughs> the one with the wrong date, that's of the inauguration. And of course, it's the, the angle of the picture is so that the whole view has people in right. it. But again, if you look at the overhead view, like the quarterback From, and a fan on the stands have very different views of what they're looking at. Yeah. Or, and there's that one picture that I think was taken from the Washington Monument. That's like, sorry, like this isn't 
this is how and have right. you seen this is your perspective like, it doesn't matter what your perspective yeah. is of course you could only see people but there are people like, like some reporters going around showing pictures of the two crowds and saying like which one do you think has more and there are Trump supporters who are like oh clearly Trump has more and it's like, like I don't know how to deal with that yeah. okay so it was funny I, I remember this from the Reason Rally 2016 too that there were YouTubers who were like I know what the crowd size is based on these pictures it's like you weren't there you don't know what the layout yeah, like you was. did one of these guys with your phone you had like you were basing it off of one picture and you didn't know what you were talking about right. so your numbers mean nothing well and kind of my favorite part about this is that um because estimate like pictures and stuff like that said he might have outdrawn obama in 2013 but certainly not in 2009 right and I don't know why this is my favorite part, but he estimated between one and one and a half million based on, based on literally nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. And even that insanely inflated number wouldn't have beat out Obama in 09. <laughs> which I adore that. I am obsessed <laughs> with that. Like he... His ballooned made up number still wasn't the reality yeah. that Obama had. Yeah. So that was insane. So yeah, that same day he... But this is what happens when you don't trust it. people who actually know what they're talking oh about. My God, it's like all... You just make stuff up and then you believe it because you said it. Mm-hmm. Or, and if, again, if you keep repeating the lies, yep. there are people out there who will believe you. That's how religion works. Yep. You just hear the story. And I mean, we've I've said this many times before too. Like if you had not heard of the Jesus story growing up and it wasn't just a part of who you are and someone came up to you for the first time and said... No, no. What we believe in is this guy performed miracles and then died. But then he came back to life days later and he was born of a virgin mother. And like, you'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. But it's so ingrained in us, no matter what you believe in. That's why born again Christians blow my mind. Like, that's the one thing that I'm like, You started believing that on purpose? Like, came to that as an adult, huh? Right. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so another good example of this sort of uh, making up shit and running yes. with it is um, the gaslighting thing. The gaslighting thing is that Trump believes he told congressional leaders that he lost. This is from Politico that he lost the popular vote in November because three to five million undocumented immigrants voted. So and that number came from his ass. Yes, his bright orange ass. There you go. Um. So yeah, that is a really upsetting thing to hear for many reasons. Not least, not, and apparently all is like, three to five million voted against him. Oh God, of, of course. course. Face planted on my microphone. Uh, yeah, and and the the scarier part about. They're equally scary. I'll say that. Uh-huh. There's the one avenue of, okay, he is just training the public to just take everything he has at face value, and he doesn't need your stinking facts. Like, he will say what he He'll believes. He'll make up his own facts. Thank um, you very much. But I think more concerning, and if this isn't, again, I still don't know if this shit is intentional or if he's an idiot, but if it is intentional, whether he said it or whether it's coming up from somebody else... Um, it's a good way to start baiting people into accepting more voter restrictions. Right. So if he starts this myth of all of these illegal people... Then we need to tighten we up need to how tighten we vote. Up, and which at least two people who are in power right now were registered in two states. Have you heard oh, this? Oh, four people in four? his family, in his inner oh, circle. I knew his son-in-law and... Jared Kushner, Tiffany Trump was... Uh, Poor there Tiffany. Was Steve Bannon, I think, was another one and one other person. But yeah, like his own family is registered in two states, and that's the sort of fraud they're trying to root out. Yep. 
And the whole point is not that they're saying, oh, your family voted in two states. It's that this is the sort of thing like dead people are on the voter rolls because yeah. they're dead. It doesn't mean they voted. Yeah. And it doesn't mean like these votes didn't count accurately. I mean, um, it's just clinging at whatever will give him more legit because it's very clear that he is desperately he that, insecure about oh, yeah. his position as a quote. He knows there are president. too many people who think he's illegitimate yeah. as a president because right. of Russia, because of the numbers, they right. lost the popular vote. Yeah. Um, even though the liberals are like, no, you won the election. We're oh, just upset about it. Yeah. I, I think that's the other thing. We're going back to the march. Like, oh, everybody's marching because they're mad they lost. Like, no, 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 we, no, 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 no. We, we understand how the Electoral College... Also, uh, I don't want to get into the Electoral College mm-hmm. right now. That's too much for me. <laughs> um, so that happened. The global gag rule. Um, this Let's is all- talk about that first. Oh, yeah, on abortion uh, yes. is the one you're talking about. I want to bring up something that is this idea that they basically told these scientific government-run departments, uh-huh. like, you can't tweet about the stuff you're doing. You can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. This gag rule on... The work you're doing as scientists, we're putting a restriction on what you can talk about, which is very similar to what Canada did in like 06 with Stephen Harper, Mm -hmm. basically said, you can't talk about your stuff with the press. It's got to go through us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, It's an easy way to suppress like scientists talking about climate change and stuff. So can't go to conferences to present your research. Here's what I don't know about that. I've read in a couple different. So I was going to research that for this. What I'm reading a little bit is that it's not uncommon that during this transition phase, everybody's like, okay, cool your jets until we figure out what our next steps are and like put the proper people in place. So I'm not sure it's unprecedented. Um, If it continues more than a reasonable time that one would take to set up their media outlets or whatever. Yes. Oh my God fucking terrifying well stuff like the uh he removed the climate change page from the white house website or something that's that is where i'm with you because it's like well they took all the obama stuff moved it to an archived page and yes his white house website is pretty sparse right so yes will they replace that what about all the lgbt things that are now gone to hopefully they'll replace it i I doubt they will but that's the idea but when it comes to these scientific agencies saying nope they told us we can't talk about this stuff yeah. That's a separate issue, and yeah. that one doesn't show signs of being rescinded unless people speak up and make a big deal about it, yeah, which, which they, they are. are. And it's that's a nice, awesome resistance to kind of watch. Yeah, it's it's been really, I don't want to say fun, that's a terrible word, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. really interesting to watch this sort of people standing up and being like, no, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and yeah. other uh, journalists, some outlets well, have said, hey, scientists who f- say you're restricted from publishing stuff, we got your back. You yeah. send it to us, we'll get it out there for you. Well, I think also um, the the more, not more damaging, but equally damaging and scary is this idea of him delegitimizing news sources, mm-hmm. like him saying like, no, CNN, you're fake news, which, listen, we all have our issues with CNN, but like... <laughs> This is like they're not fake news because they reported facts you don't like. Right. Exactly. And so I think that's scarier. This sort of restricted access to I don't want to say scarier because it's all awful. I can't say that enough. But this idea that the sort of White House press corps is no longer on the front line. They're getting a very censored and they always have for what it's worth like they've always gotten spin from the white house press room yeah but this idea i mean alex jones just got a press credential uh, or so he says from the press from the white house press corps they call first on like fox news and like the fringe networks and not like the associated press which pulls for everybody right uh stuff like that is disturbing Mm -hmm. 
that I'm not worried about because like you're not. I, I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Uh, if he calls on people who are asked, if he calls on Fox News, but they ask a good question, I don't sure, care. Sure, 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 um, sure. When he starts saying like we your don't want to have news. these briefings right. or your fake news or whatever, um, that's it's so weird to watch them just be so bad at spinning stuff. Like Sean Spicer's bad at it. He's blatantly lying, he's, even when they're calling him out on it as he speaks. That guy. Like, it's just you're bad at what you do. I mean, there's a way to say an answer that is like, well, here's what the president's going for, and mm. here's why it's not a big issue or something. Right. Um, but no, they're just flat out, here's our facts. Right. And if you report otherwise, you're part of a conspiracy. It's fucking like, insane. Question is, how many people will fall? Again, how many people will fall for that? Like, there are... So- People who voted for Trump because they believed the bullshit he was spouting. Right. Um, they actually think he's going to make America great again. Why? Because he just said, he, said he, he would. would. Like, those people need help. And they're the ones who are likely to fall for when And when you say need help, secretary. you mean, like, they need actual social programs, not, like, oh, they need I mean, mental help? I, no, I need, I mean, they need, yes, they probably need the social help. They need the benefits there. But they don't know how to think critically. They don't oh, know yeah, okay. that the stuff they're being fed is a lie. Well, and I think... They don't know how to think about that well, stuff. Well, I think the other thing that the, the Trump camp is doing is that they have sort of, I want to say, taken back, quote-unquote, fake news. So, like like you said, anytime It used to be outright bullshit. Right. And, and now, now it's, it's just stuff we don't like. Right. And that's scary. So yeah. when you see the two side-by-side pictures of the um, inaugurations. inaugurations and somebody's like, oh, that's fake news. Like, that's not <laughs> what that is. And I've, I've seen that yeah. all over my Facebook feed of just people, if I don't like it, it must not be true. And I think that's a really dangerous mindset to start to get into. Um, so, yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Um, Keystone Pipeline is back up and heading out. So that's pretty fun for... Everybody, um, Wednesday. Okay, so we're only on and Wednesday. And then we're on day two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started on Friday. To yeah. be fair, I started on Friday, so now we're on Wednesday. Um, so immigration was a fun topic on Wednesday. So the wall. Yes. Let's talk about the wall. First of all, um, there's a really interesting... I don't know why this is my source for news, apparently, but College Humor did a really interesting <laughs> video. I know. Hear me out. They did an interesting video with the guy who... Oh, I should have done research on this. Um, something, Somebody ruins everything. Sean ruins... Adam ruins Adam everything. ruins everything. Yeah. And he was like a white guy name. Um, <laughs> and he did this whole... A very interesting, like, four-minute digestible um, about how the video wall about work. how the wall... Well, how the wall doesn't work. And yeah. how actually restricting... Making it more difficult to enter and exit the country is increasing the number of people who just stay because it used to be, like, if you can go, you know go between the U.S. and Mexico with relative ease. You don't need to rush to the U.S. to stay there illegally or something? Well, you don't need to. The idea is, okay, if I leave the U.S. and I go back to Mexico for however long, I can come back. Whereas now that it's so hard to cross that border for a lot of people that people are like, well, I'm going to fucking stay here because if I leave, I'm never coming Mm -hmm. back. So I thought that, anyway, I would... We'll and I mean, notes. John Oliver did a thing too, like the cost. Let's talk about the cost of the, the wall. Cost. It's absurd. It's going to be yeah. huge. Um, Mitch McConnell is saying it will estimate between twelve and fifteen a billion, billion, right. billion dollars. Which, by um, the way, these are the same people who basically said they don't want to give aid to U.S. cities that are suffering after a natural disaster because it costs too much money, even though it was way less than this. No. Uh, education will suffer. Flint, Flint doesn't even like exist anymore because of this stuff. But like, no, 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 we can't put money into that. 
Um, some, uh, I read somewhere like the amount of money it would take to continue our international alliances with uh-huh. all the other countries in the world uh-huh. would cost way less than the cost of the wall. Which one would do a better job of like protecting America? Um, so I'm, so he's still on it. He kind of went into, we're going to pay for it from Congress. And now he's back to Mexico is going to pay for, for it. it but and later. <laughs> Sure and, they will. Uh, the Mexican president, uh, Enrique Peña Nieto, he, I think he tweeted, like, we're not paying for that fucking wall. Yeah. Get out of here with that yeah. bullshit. He went ahead and canceled that meeting with Trump that he was supposed to have. They had a phone call this morning as we're having did they? this. Okay. Yeah. It um, was an hour long phone call. No one knows what happened, but Donald Trump said it was lovely. I'm of sure. Of course he said it was lovely because he doesn't have any other words mm-hmm. besides tremendous and <laughs> lovely and great. Um, so... That's a whole city. So this strained relationship with Mexico is not something I'm looking forward to um, because they are one of our top trading partners. Um, Let me... How many enemies can he make before and how quickly? Well, um, it sounds like he's running for a record. So (laughs) uh, the White House... So this is Thursday. I'm going to skip forward a little bit because we're talking about Mexico. So the White House has advocated 20% tax on Mexican imports, which to the... I'm like waving Mm -hmm. papers around like a crazy person. (laughs) Um, So, which on its face does sound like we're making Mexico pay for it, but that's not how import taxes work. (laughs) That's not what that is. It's money we would pay for Mexican goods. Correct. So, Spicer said it's only a possibility, but... After he said, no, this is what we're doing. Oh, you all hate it? It's just one option. Uh, We're floating up a lot of things. So, um, Washington Post's uh, Philip Bump, which is a dope name, um, he kind of did an article about what would that mean for for U.S. and how would that get paid for. So um, if we did do a 20% uh, import, tax. import tax, he says, quote, that would certainly generate a great deal of money. Mexico is our third largest, largest trading partner with trade totally more than half a trillion dollars in 2015. The only trick is this wouldn't exactly be Mexico paying for the wall. It would be U.S. consumers uh, paying additional costs for Mexican products like avocados, which I'm pretty upset about. As if Chipotle wasn't expensive. <laughs> um, so looking at what the U.S. imports from Mexico, electronics, cars, fruits, vegetables, snacks, that sort of thing. And some of this said. stuff is stuff poor people usually rely on, yeah. like the fruits, the vegetables, the those types of foods. Right. Like they're the ones who are going to get hurt by this. As like, usual. costing more. Yeah. As usual. Um, so I don't know. I think that... I'm very curious to see how this wall thing shakes out. I can't see it actually happening. Um, but you know what? What else can I see happening? I couldn't see fucking <laughs> Trump in the White House. How is this real life? How much do you think the Trump sign on the wall will cost? Because it's not going to be small. That would be like the centerpiece of the wall. Wait, repeat that question. There's got to be like a Trump sign on oh, the, the wall. Oh, the Trump sign on the wall. He's got to oh, brand it. Like, like the way he put that... Trump on the Trump Tower in Chicago. Uh-huh. Such a pretty building before. It was. Ugh, fuck <laughs> this. Um, so one of the last things I want to bring up regarding events that happened this week um, is talking about, this is more about immigration, talking about deportation. And um, he's expanded who, who can be deported. And it is worryingly vague. So um, uh, Jennifer Medina from the New York Times, he also includes... So he's expanding who is eligible for deportation. Uh, He also includes, according to language in the order, anyone who has, quote, committed acts that constitute a chargeable criminal offense, which means um, anybody who 
is accused of maybe committing a crime can be deported. They don't have to be charged. They don't have maybe. to be. Yeah. Um, and but that's regardless says, of whether the person has actually been charged with the crime. Yeah. So if um, there's... Don't a, worry. I'm sure Trump's people will do their due diligence in yeah. trying to get to the bottom of the facts. Um, and it also can include anybody who uses a false uh, social security number to obtain a job, which almost most um, illegal immigrants undocumented immigrants rather said finally he allows the targeting um it's from the same report uh, article finally he allows the targeting of anyone who quote in the judgment of an immigration officer unquote poses a risk to either public safety or national security that gives immigration officers the broad authority they've been pressing for and no longer requires them to receive a review from a supervisor before targeting individuals which it It was nice knowing y'all oh my god you're gonna get kicked out of the country because you're brown i know i'm sorry what about your daughter? Oh, you got an anchor baby. Oh, yes. I knew <laughs> she was good for something. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Pulling her weight around here. Um, yeah, so that was what I had in terms of just shit that has specifically happened on days. I also have God, some notes about... God, it's just week one. Yeah. How long have we been talking right now? Uh, Too long? Yeah. Okay. I got one I got one story for you because okay. it happened today and it's just fresh on my mind. So I want to talk about tech stuff. Uh, talk about tech stuff, then we'll get to this okay. and we'll wrap up. Um, yeah, so... Basically, he's just obfuscating this issue of whether his taxes are important. Um, and that's really concerning. He said to a reporter, nobody cares but you journalists about my, my taxes. Meanwhile, a, one of those We the People petitions, petitions has um, gotten, I think, broken a record in, in terms of that. But, and, to the point that it requires the government to respond to it. Right. Which, which I'm sure they'll just I don't say. Know if, well, I don't know if that's a thing that's going to. Be, keep up. Keep up. Yeah. Like that wasn't, that's not. That was an Obama thing. It wasn't Obama thing. Yeah. Um, so Kellyanne Conway on Sunday, he said that, she said that he's not going to release his tax returns, that people don't care. Um, then she went back and said, no, it's under audit. That's why he's not going to release them, which no, Which it's is not. bullshit. Um, so no this is from a New York Times opinion page. Um, provide insight into his finance, finances and businesses. It would reveal if he's as wealthy as complaint claims to be, what his effective income tax rate is, as he said that he doesn't pay taxes, uh, how much he gives to charity, which I'm going to say is... Uh, it's very little. Very little. Virtually uh, I, nothing. I think my $20 donation to Planned Parenthood per month is you like... You have out-trumped. Right? <laughs> yep. Um, identify the sources of his income and debt, helping to answer questions about his links to businessmen, banks, governments, in places like Russia and the Middle East. This is the um, thing that's bothersome. him. Like he, like you said earlier, he is a showman. Yeah. He is not a good businessman, yeah. according to business people. Mm-hmm. He just sends out his name. He doesn't build stuff. He just slaps his name oh, yeah. on he's a brand. stuff. He's a brand. But he's not a good businessman. No. Like it's been, it was said during the campaign too, but like other billionaires or billionaires, they don't see him as one of their own. No. They don't treat him like one of their own. No, they no. laugh at him. So he doesn't get the respect from like the oh, wealthy he community. Hates it. Uh-huh. Ugh. And so um, I mean the people who claim he's a good businessman, right. I, they they're not the people who know how business works. Right. And the people who do are like, no, he's really bad at this. No, terrible at it. But um, if, hey, if I, you start out with millions of dollars to begin with, right. yeah, you're probably gonna be okay in life. Right. Um, I do think it's always important to remember um, that uh, there's been a great deal of precedence set for rele- releasing your tax returns. Um, it's since the Watergate s- scandal mm-hmm. in... Um, there are laws being proposed that say yeah. you have to release taxes. There's a lawsuit against Trump right now, which right. who knows how far that will go. Yeah. But basically the whole point of the lawsuit 
uh, it was about the emoluments clause stuff, but part of the lawsuit would say we need to look at your taxes in order mm-hmm. to do that as, as one way to get them. Yeah. Um, and I just find it really work. I, I find it weird that people don't care because when your entire campaign was built about upon, Oh, I'm a excellent businessman. I'm so good at business. Yeah. I do the best business. You wouldn't believe that. I need a Trump impression. I think I need to work on no, that No, that's pretty much it. Just, just <laughs> um, say bullshit and you've done a Trump impression. Um, I, find I love that every reporter, it's like the, great white whale for all of them like oh getting their hands they're, on his tax returns they're all making pitches online mm-hmm. like hey if you are someone who works at the irs or something mm-hmm. here's how you could secretly anonymously get this to us yeah. um i mean it's a matter of time for that it's gonna be late someone's got it's, be it's to gonna happen it. uh i just don't know what the fallout of that would be i think it yeah. could be pretty ugly for everybody i mean what worries me is they could get them mm-hmm. and it wouldn't do anything Again, the people uh, who I are duped, right. I think the people <laughs> who are duped by Trump, you think they're going to be swayed by like numbers yeah. and math? Yeah. No. No. Um, yeah, that's what I had. I had some stuff about the cabinet nominees, but <sighs> week I, one, people. Week, week one. one. Uh, one random story, and we'll yeah. close out, which is that uh, late last night, as we're recording this Thursday night, uh-huh. uh, there was a Texas cop from. Uh, Decatur, Texas. Uh-huh. I guess his car was parked on the side of the road. I don't know if he was pulling someone over or he was done. He was just on the side of the road. Like tractor trailer comes by, crashes into the back of the car, car, police car flips over. Fuck. Somehow officer, he got airlifted to a hospital. He's released already. He's doing, oh, he's okay. He's what? hurt, but he's okay. So good. Good for him. Even the guy who was running the, the truck or whatever managed, they pulled it over or whatever, uh, or he stopped somewhere. They got uh, him to, he's under the sheriff's office or whatever. Here's what's amazing. They post the Decatur police department told the story. Uh-huh. They posted pictures of the crash and like, the back half of this vehicle does not exist. Shit. Like, it was ruined. I'm just cringing for whatever the turn is going to be in this story. I know. The turn is this. In those pictures, uh-huh. in the wreckage of the back half of the car, you can kind of make out the bumper of the car where it no. says, in God we trust. No. And so the comments from people who are looking at these pictures are like, God works miracles. It's like, really? Couldn't have moved the truck? Couldn't have avoided the crash. No, you see in God. So you're like, yes, this is all part of God's plan. That it infuriates me so much. And part of what bothers me is that even if that officer had died, they would be saying the same thing. It's like, well, this is all part of God's plan. Like God wanted to teach somebody a lesson. It's that sort of, they, they have to find a justification for every awful thing that happens. And they will look for signs everywhere isn't that an exhausting way to live your life, though? Like, oh, I just lost my job. There must be something greater out there, which I guess I can see. Well, is usually they, like when you're... they only do it when it's someone else's misery. Oh, yeah. Like my own shit is like, my well, fault. this is, yeah, something big is happening here. They'll, they'll say God maybe had a hand in it stuff. But when someone else suffers a crazy tragedy, it's like they brought it's that part of themselves. God's it's part of God's plan. God wanted this to happen. <sighs> it happened for a reason. Oh, it's so, so frustrating. All of it. Um, On that happy note. Yeah, wait. Okay, before yes. we wrap up, a um, couple housekeeping things. So on yes. uh, February 10th, if you are in the Chicagoland area, uh, we are going to be meeting up with uh, Ross Blotcher of the Ono, Ross, and Carrie podcast. I don't have word about Carrie, but I there there's a maximum fun Which is the network they belong to. Which is the network to. they belong to, which I love. 
Um, so he and I are planning to, to meet up there if anybody want, wants to come out. I don't have details yet, but keep an eye out. I'll have Hemet. And you may or may not be attending, depending on your life. Yeah, I coach a team. Our playoffs start in a week, so playoffs. my life ends for about three weeks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if anybody's interested in that, um, we'd love to say hi to you. We'll post um, that information uh, underneath this the show notes for this podcast. Yeah. So if you go to FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com for this episode, mm-hmm. uh, when we have that information about where Jessica and Ross might yeah. be meeting, where the conference is at, yeah. we will post that on there. Yeah, this just might be the last time we'll record before that happens. Yes. So I wanted to throw that out there, and we'll get you more details as we have them. Um, so yeah, good luck, everyone. Let us know how you're coping. And by the way, thank you for everyone who, uh, responded to us and have sent emails saying if we ever do go on tour, they're super excited to have us. I can't wait for us to go on tour. Where are we going to go? Uh, everywhere, apparently, because there's like one fan in every spot who wants us to Prepare your couches, my friends. We are crashing with you. (laughs) It's going to happen. Uh, thank you again so much. Have a good week. Good luck, everyone.